0: Hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome. <laughs>
1: <Fahrenheit."> you <laughs> get the hairball out. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's good. Okay, Sorry okay.
1: okay. Hey, hey, hey everybody.
0: Bath everybody, welcome to Lord Dump. This is welcome to Lord Dump, everybody. It's such a good podcast. It's do. a good podcast where we build a world before your very ears. I have to say, it now it's my trademark.
1: We need to add that to like the underline under the title of Lord Dump.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe. Eh, maybe you. Maybe. maybe you could do that. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I could. Maybe <laughs> I will. Hey. Nah. I'm just hey. Josh. Yeah. What's up?
1: I gotta. I gotta go because you said that to me now. Uh,
0: All right. I guess I'll do it on my own. You just do.
1: Th- you can. Well. Well. You're not. Hey, on no. Your no. Own. You leave. You can, I'll do you, it on my own. That's you no, fine. You're not on your own. You can do this with our special guest for today's session. But I'm gonna leave. You introduce them. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. You leave. You leave. You leave. So. I've brought a very special guest here today, just me, not Josh, no one else, just, just all by my, all by my self. Would you like to introduce yourself, guest? Absolutely.
2: Uh, Thank you for, uh, for having me, just Sean. Uh, I'm Button. <laughs> Hello.
0: This is the new Lord dump, Sean <laughs> and Button.
2: <laughs> you can call it Shutton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shutton or Bon. I think those are both wildly better names than Lartump. No. I'm kidding, Josh. Don't worry, come back. Come back, Josh. Come back.
1: Joshua. I don't and I don't he. want to encroach upon the genius no, that is this that, introduction. You. I I was really I was enthralled i felt
0: uh, genuinely bad that i was uh, stealing your show away from you my out it's well, our, our show, show away from our, our away baby. from us our baby yes
1: <laughs> we still haven't actually done the introduction because we were too committed to this bit. well you
0: you immediately <laughs> threw it in i was gonna say hey give us questions on our email and stuff but then you were like hey our guest is here and i was like oh <laughs> fuck uh <laughs>
1: hey, yeah hey, hey button button, button. question for you what do people do if they want to ask us questions
2: oh i'm really bad at remembering precise names but they can email you at questions at well no, no. that was really close lord run.
1: dump questions at com. this is a game i play where i just put
0: people on the spot torture. throughout torture i guest. torture
1: every guest
0: it's the first thing every guest has to do is know everything about our show and, and how I, it
1: works i give them no heads up i give them no preface i'm sorry that i'm a bad human being and you i've
2: even wonderful. emailed you i just couldn't remember off the top of my head i panicked
1: you, you have, know what?
0: Oh That's goodness. not your job.
1: It's true. It's true. It's our job. And guess what? For the first 10 episodes, I couldn't remember them either. So you're fine.
2: That's
0: fair. I still get some.
1: mock sometimes. I still. I really do. Uh, yeah, so if you want to email us, you can email us at uh, questionsforlordump at gmail.com. Uh, I'm kidding. It's it's clearly lordumpquestions at gmail.com. Or you can send it to us on Twitter or Instagram at, at the Lordump. Where we do the social medias, we also post our shows there and things like that. Uh, and uh, Sean shares pictures of Lilo and Stitch memes, which is his favorite thing.
0: It's actually a very well performing show. I don't know why you would make fun of it like this. It is the I... best thing. Stitch Fix uh, won a Streamy. I don't know if you know that. It's... I wanna. It's like the Oscars for podcasts. Best
1: contemporary it... animated based Uh, fan podcast throwback
0: Thursday content I think it was throwback Thursday yeah yeah, they have like the MTV movie award names for their categories hey Josh what are we doing on this episode (laughs) we're about five minutes in what are we doing
1: well, what we're doing is spinning our wheels. No, really, what we're doing right. here is we are here with the fantastic button. Button, where can where can people find you before we talk about what we're doing? Where where can they find you, you legend?
2: Uh, people can find me at Blue Blue Button on Instagram and TikTok, and I think Blue Blue Buttons on uh, Twitch.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah.
2: And you can find me on Conundrum Company every Saturday at the Welcome Inn.
0: There it is. That conundrum n- 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 company drop. Woo-woo-woo. We love it's our conundrum. Company It's such
2: a lovely campaign. Friends. It has Speaking my heart. Of, it
0: does it. have it's a great campaign because Josh runs it. Precisely. It's a great campaign
1: because these nope, two were. Don't wonderful let him talk to you. Play. I edited that out Josh. <laughs> don't, don't have that. Stop it. Don't <laughs> you send something? Don't you
0: publicized it
1: I hate it, thanks. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we play in a D&D game together, all three of us, with our wonderful friends, Parker and Adam, and it is a delight. Uh, we get it to experience all kinds of things, and we know how insightful Button is on many, many topics. So what we're going to do this session is we are going to begin by building a character in our world with Button that represents Button in this world. And then in the second half, we're going to talk about gender in D&D and how that manifests at the tabletop and in your world building. So it's a pretty good session, my friends. It's going to be good. And we have the perfect person to speak to here. I'm so excited to have Button here. We've been been planning this for a little bit. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, Any time. So I guess, I guess that moves us on to our next segment, which is the character building part. Yes. Yes. So but, we've, we've established some rules because our dear friend, Sarah's coffee uh, came in last time and uh, just threw everything out of the window. So there she we threw said me out a window. She threw Sean out a window. I don't know if you remember that. He's still she became recovering.
2: She, ascended. she became me. Sean,
1: and
0: I yes. went out a window and barely survived. I climbed my way back in.
1: Yes. It was, it was quite traumatic for all of us. We love mm-hmm. Sarah. Uh, there is one rule, which is you have to keep the astral chicken. That's the only rule we've got, right? Is that is that is that the that's the one rule now?
0: Right now, that's the one rule. I'm sure there will be more to come once we figure out what other people will do to this world.
1: Yeah, let's see what happens when Button opens their mouth, um, and then we'll see if there's more rules. <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll try not so, to break rules. No,
0: don't You're
1: worry fine. about that. There's no
0: rules. Here's our number one question: mm. Who do you want to be? Or what do you want to
2: be? I want to be a (gasps) BBEG or a BBUG.
1: Wait, UG? What? What is BBUG?
2: A BBUG is a big bad understandable guy.
0: (laughs) Oh, I I like it. A big. You want
2: to be Thanos? (laughs) (laughs) No. Controversial. People
0: said he was understandable.
2: <laughs> <Ooh>. Who? <laughs> yeah. Who? So, I don't who know. Said some weirdos on
0: the internet said, oh, no, he had a good point. <laughs> they were Genocide wrong. is good because they were running out of resources. Guys. Sean, Come on, think about it. Don't that... say these things.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to make a Thanos, but I okay. do. I think I want to make a T-Flame.
1: Hashtag okay. relatable. Very.
2: Um, I've never made a tiefling before, and that's apparently what all queer folk are supposed to make. So oh. I will use this as my opportunity to. <laughs> Button <laughs> I shots fired. I push
0: back on that a lot. <laughs> I hate tieflings.
2: Well, no, it's it's just a trope that I keep seeing constantly in all like all the D and D forums I frequent, and I've never <laughs> made one. Um, and I believe... it is.
1: People do make it into like a meme thing. You're right. Like there is a trope that is yeah. bandied about.
2: For but sure. your tieflings are really... Your world's tieflings are so fascinating. There's so much there. I want to play with the concept of reincarnation with your tieflings because that's something they can specifically do with their souls mm-hmm. re-emerging from that egg space.
1: That's true. That And it, it's weirdly... Uh... Never mind. I'm going to say spoilers to other shows here, so I'm not going to do it. But that is very interesting. Yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just
1: about to, like just y- did a huge grenade into the middle of the show, which I'm not going to do. Um,
2: I'm so okay. curious. Okay.
1: Okay. You so, know,
0: you know what show it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you
1: definitely know. Um, so tiefling, big bad, understandable guy. Um, the context of tieflings in our world is loosely established that the nine hells exist. <laughs> um and tieflings are essentially souls that have touched the nine hells in some way, shape, or form, and then been reincarnated back onto this planet, and that can be yes. kind of cyclical. Um, there is one major like tiefling nation uh, on our third continent, which we haven't established at all, and there is this big tiefling city that is very cool and exciting that sits on top of the soul gate which is this entryway to the Nine Hells that was supposedly sealed, but mm, uh, that's really really what we've got this far. So maybe, you know, I, this happened with Sarah where we kind of established the Feywild a little bit with her. Maybe we got to do some establishing here with you, Button. I like it. I'm excited. Okay, so you've got big, bad, understandable guy, Tiefling. You've got that lore context. What, what else speaks to you?
2: Given that they... Um... That culturally, or maybe even biologically, uh, they have some sort of connection to the arcane. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of this character being a little bit of like a venture capitalist and (laughs) extracting that arcane power and essentially trying to divvy it up to the highest bidder because you have all these devils, right, who are using tieflings to access power.
0: Oh, interesting. So, that's good. Selling off tieflings or tiefling energy?
2: The uh, the energy that they can harness, so potentially from other tieflings.
1: So this is this themself. is akin to like in D&D lore, the hags of Hades are mediaries right, that sell The soul worms or the soul coins, depending on the variant of D&D that you're talking about, to the devils or the demons. So you're talking about almost like this, like, middle merchant soul vendor person.
2: And it doesn't have to be to the devils. It can be to the highest bidder. This is, you know, Mm -hmm. souls are important. Yeah. Um, And it can manifest in a variety of ways. Like, maybe. I don't know. Is there like, is there a way to make spell components more useful more durable more lasting what what is um when you were talking about the uh tiefling connection to the arcane what how does that manifest in this world
0: good question. so anytime uh that that energy is touched by energy from the nine hells and they sort of mix together that creates uh, a tiefling soul so that sort of merging and uh, almost mixing of the two worlds coming together, that's what kind of creates that specific energy that is a little bit more potent than either one on its own.
1: So let's let's define souls as currency, because again, in D&D, the lore is that souls can be used as currency and are regularly used as currency because that's what fuels the blood wars to some extent so it's
0: what fuels the cars in Mm -hmm. Navernus. exactly
1: like (laughs) you literally everything when if you go to the nine hells hades or the abyss you manifest your soul manifests as a worm the soul Mm -hmm. worm essentially that can be sold sorry i'm saying most of this for the audience i know you guys know this that can be sold or traded and then essentially growing into demons devils and other things Mm -hmm. so do we keep that because that aligns kind of with this concept that you're you're sharing with us button is that is that an element of that
0: i do like that
2: could it also could it also be um maybe there's a way to tap into part of the egg itself that that um that creature's selfhood is slowly being chipped away at every time this venture capitalist um they're it's they're not just digging into fiendish souls but also the if there is a soul to the creature that is uh, Toreg, could they be tapping away at that?
1: Oh, so they're they're chipping. There's like a renewal and a loss sort of thing. The
0: only only thing we've mentioned that has actually broken the surface of the planet is that massive uh, purple worm, that elder worm, whatever we're going to call it, that's been sort of trying to break back into the the crust of the surface of the planet. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, the Soul Gate doesn't I, touch it. The Soul Gate doesn't. The Soul Gate was actually, I think, put there as a farm almost for the devils of old. Okay. They like farmed tiefling souls in that one place. Yeah. The
1: devils, Um. the reason the devils want access to Toreg is because that's how they get to the souls that come from the center of the planet. So the cycle is a little inverted. It's not the devils are getting directly to the souls. It's that they're coming to this planet and taking mortals because their souls are connected to the center of this planet. And then, but that does lend into that. So they, the devils come to this planet, they take a soul back to the nine hells. Uh, eventually right that nine soul that soul from the nine hells perishes in the nine hells it comes back to Toreg and manifests as a tiefling that's our cycle there for tieflings so
0: yeah or one of the cycles or
1: one of the cycles yeah it can happen in a few ways but you yeah. can get into that your your tiefling could get into that what if it catches the soul on the way back before it makes it back to the center of Toric? right from the nine hells If it's lost in the Nine Hells and on its way back to Toreg, what if the intermediaries there grabs it, tries to sell it back to the Nine Hells, right? Something like that. That is then keeping souls from getting back to Toreg and is thus interrupting a cycle of life and would be chipping away at the balance that is the energy at the center of this planet.
2: Like noodles in a strainer.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm yeeting it out there. I don't know if that's what we do, but that is definitely how you could get in on that action.
2: I like it. And I like the idea that um, this would be helping. Is there a name for the cult of the chicken? But disrupting uh, that balance okay. would, like, theoretically help it to hatch sooner, potentially.
1: Oh, yeah. The gods would hate this guy, whoever <laughs> yeah, <they're> they <laughs>
0: are. Sending people to find you.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's literally their whole existence.
0: <laughs> I also think of, like, venture capitalists and, like,. Usually they come from a wealthy background, but they also have something that no one else has. They have, like, access to something that no one else either has or knows. I like the idea of your tiefling being one of the only people on the planet that knows what makes a tiefling.
2: Ooh, and I like you that.
0: you being able to tap into that knowledge and knowing that getting pure essence from whatever the planet is produces getting that essence is what would really make devils and demons happy. And that's like the next step of the world domination plan or whatever this this guy's got going on in there. What head. if
1: I mean what well, is the motivation the, for this? What is Yeah,
2: I don't think the goal is world domination. I think that the I mm, I don't just want this to be a greed monster. Um mm. And I think... I'm not decided. What if if the reason this tiefling knows about how tieflings have come about is because they remember their previous self, their previous incarnation? And what if that previous incarnation is... It's that being's goals that drives the current tiefling.
0: So... You... Okay, so you haven't relived different lives you are the same soul in different bodies every time somehow mm-hmm. you are able to keep your consciousness through different life cycles mm-hmm. i like that i really like
1: something that. went wrong with your first reincarnation and mm-hmm. you remember all your reincarnations
2: which i think would mean that their first incarnation was an elf
1: one oh, of the first that's... tieflings
0: well, no, because tieflings are recycled souls. Right. right. But that so long periods of time. And so what if, what if like your first life, you were an elf who made a pact with a devil that you then, because, you know, you're a very smart business deal or a business uh, maker, a deal maker. Wow. Why am I so bad at this? <laughs> you're a very good deal maker. You were able to find a way to break that deal, which then freed your soul to come back and god that'll make you one of the first tieflings
1: yeah that's yeah. that's literally yeah like i'm not saying like the first tiefling put on the planet i'm saying the first soul to be converted when we yes. say the first tiefling like, Ooh, I like that. that's good essentially uh, there there are these key figures that are legacy figures that keep reoccurring in it's it's a theme apparently and i mm-hmm. like it i like the theme that's emerging here
0: i like it a lot so and I like that that would give you some insight into how a tiefling is formed is because you were one of the first to become one. So you're like, oh wait, this is happening to other people. All right, find the common denominator.
1: <laughs> so do they think they're because I know again you said big bad understandable right? Is their motivation that they're trying to help the tieflings by circumventing this process or?
0: And keep in s- mind that because of what we've just discussed you would have lived through the soul gates emergence on this planet
2: right so maybe what they're trying to do in essence um rather than propagate the soul gate is to stem it
0: so you want to shut it down for good
2: and maybe maybe they thought that would be an easier task maybe they didn't start as an entrepreneur maybe initially the goal was to stem that tide to allow what would be tiefling souls to stop reincarnation to enter the afterlife to attain peace um but as they continued on their cycles they realized that that wasn't possible um
1: gotcha. counterpoint to this mm-hmm. because my mind went on a tangent and i'm thinking undead lore in world of warcraft they run into a problem where because there is nobody recreating the undead plague there are no more undead what if because the soul gate was limited and restricted the tiefling tiefling population was collapsing and the reason that this individual does soul coin trading or soul trading is to perpetuate the tiefling lineage to make more of them that is very interesting and very tragic
0: so the soul gate was essentially like shutting down or like slowing its Well
1: cuz we established that they did place that city on top of it after slowing it, right? Like yeah. it's dormant now. But when the soul yeah. gate becomes dormant, the number of tieflings drastically declines. And now your population is just plummeting.
2: And as that population plummets, maybe it becomes more vulnerable and bad things happen to that population. So they see mm-hmm. um you know the Their venture as um, a means of maintaining their culture, keeping it alive. Yep. Interesting. Yeah.
1: That is like very much an understandable sort of, because it's not a great thing they're doing, but they are doing it for
0: for a good reason. reason.
1: Yeah, good reason.
2: Well, I I think understandable doesn't have to mean reasonable. Um, Yes. So if they are trying to keep the existence of tieflings going, then they think that that existence is inherently worthwhile. Hmm. Um, So maybe uh, maybe they um, hold up tiefling culture against the first culture that they came from, the one where you basically were just eating arcane power to survive and seeing the comparing the two seeing just the life and complexity and variance that um is born of that tiefling culture in comparison to this almost empty uh, initial existence they hold that to a higher standard
1: you you could even say like they love all diversity and a part of that diversity is their people and they want that to continue so they're perpetrating it
0: i will also mention that a huge part of why I think tieflings are so accepted is because of their virtue names. That's one of the things that I think people get drawn to them for. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of that first tiefling, seeing that different like rebirth and that new perspective. And then that's sort of the original point of these virtue names being something that that culture adopts.
2: Interesting.
0: I really enjoy that. This is very good lore. Mm. So.
1: So we've got their logic, yeah.
0: Yes. What we've is got they? their backstory? What was that? What is they? What is they? Who is they?
1: <laughs> why is they? Well, we've kind of Where done. Where is why. they? No, we didn't. wear to? When <laughs> is they? When
0: is they is good. Question. How is they? Hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that um, maybe they were gender queer in their initial incarnation and it wasn't accepted um, so the second time around they were able to embrace that um, maybe they call themselves unity
0: Ooh. All right. or grace like now or do both? they use the same virtue name in each life the same or the same soul would use the same virtue name with each new body or would they change it's it every time i do also like the important to note
1: timeline wise iteratively they've existed for at least probably about eight thousand years at least if not more yeah so you're looking at uh you're looking at a big window because what are tiefling lifespans
2: yeah are like 120 human, yeah. yeah
1: so you're looking at quite a few reiterations here sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but no, no just putting no. that out there as context
2: yeah,
0: that's a lot of lives.
2: I like, And I like the idea that this isn't something very well-known, if at all. Um, so maybe they would change their virtue name with every single incarnation. And maybe it's gotten to a point where those names no longer are explicit, like Aristotelian virtues. They're virtues that, like, greed could be one. They could see that as a virtue. Um, yeah. Or, like, uh, conquest.
1: Depending yeah. on where they stand at mm-hmm. that life, virtues differ. Although I do like unity as, like, a concept, right? If you're talking about this character, like, it's very... I mean, I immediately think of unity from um, Rick and Morty.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, the the being that has 8,000 different variants of itself, it's yeah. just one giant
0: hive mind. Yeah. But it's a good one i don't know i like the idea that it would change every time and it would have to almost rebuild its its stance in life or its position in life every life it jumps into
2: and this can yeah. be a, it can be a sketch, uh situation where unity is maybe the common thread but they choose a separate well, name to approach mm-hmm. the world
1: when i say that i'm literally saying it from a we have to call it something. Right. It doesn't ha- yeah. have to call it... They don't have to call themselves that every instance. We need to know what to call it. So Unity they is... they can
0: know what they are. Yeah.
1: Basically. Yeah, so they can refer to themselves as something in the context that they have.
0: Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay.
1: So we've got mm-hmm. the name. We've got the when. We've got the why. Where are they... If we drop them into the world now, they've reincarnated, we're talking about the Elven Triarchy, the Drow in the Underdark, the Wood Elves roaming, the Dwarves on the Pillars, the Human Nations roaming, the Orcs roaming, the Tieflings established on the Third Continent. What are they doing?
2: I think that they want to reclaim or reunify the Elves.
1: really okay yeah that tripart. part
2: they especially i yeah if they if they see that separation as hmm, as a kind of severing of their initial self they th- this is very hubristic uh thinking but mm-hmm. they could see it as um A destruction of who they are or their origins um maybe they want to reunify
1: so this tiefling is engaged in elf business not in tiefling business
2: yeah i think that they're engaged in elf business with a love of tiefling business they I think maybe they almost see themselves as not being able to touch uh, tiefling culture until they can fix elven culture, until Hmm. they can re-sculpt it in the similar image. Interesting.
0: Well, I will say in the present day, present-ish day, a very important figure has somewhat returned to this plane in a way. And it was a figure that is responsible for the collapse you're talking about.
2: That's yep. true. And this is I mean, this is a figure that they would have encountered in some way, shape or form, correct? Yes. This is the first. Yeah. Oh, the, sure. em, the first
0: emperor. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's
2: maybe it's seeing that emperor as a simple a symbol of that initial empty existence that didn't accept them. Um and was just so, so much more bland. And uh, I don't want to use the word, like, I don't remember how you described it. Not tribal, but. Um,
1: it was early. Uh, it was very simplistic, like it was almost. It was almost animalistic in what they did in some ways well no it wasn't actually it was very cognitive but because of their lack of need to sustain it was almost entirely cerebral like there was no need for survival beyond basic shelter and so it was all cognitive everything was about philosophy it's why when the world changed they so drastically
0: Rejected.
1: Rejected it and grew their civilizations based on the materials that were provided Mm -hmm. to them. Because they were... They had spent a lot of time pondering on...
2: So maybe it's a... I mean, this is... This is sounding less like an entrepreneur and more like... um, Like a... Someone... I don't know. It can be both. I was thinking that it sounds more and more like a dictator the more that I talk. But I think... well
1: they're not in a position be, of power
0: though
2: no exactly it can be
0: a sort of um hidden liberator in a way yeah because uh the current rulers of elven society even though they're sort of fractured are the people using that original emperor as a husk
1: mm-hmm. he sits on the, the throne as nothing full until people. recently
0: yeah and you being from the same time period he originally ruled It would make sense that you could, I mean, you would at least know something about that person and how over time their decision stopped making sense, or you were able to figure out that, oh, these people are just using this figurehead to promote their own ideals.
2: Yeah, maybe uh, Unity has seen that husk. Maybe Unity sought out who they thought was still the emperor on the throne, only to realize that's not him. Yeah
0: it's not the same or they're they're
1: being used here's your juxtaposition you've got an internal being who is immeasurably powerful but completely limited because he's locked behind another plane and -hmm. you've got an eternal being who is almost just mortal who doesn't have incredible powers but is completely free to relive again and again and again within that mortal plane it's a really interesting juxtaposition because you've basically got something with unlimited power, both of them living eternally, and one of them severely restricted, the other free, but not with the same level of power. And I imagine they... that
2: Unity is like a an adrenaline junkie, like they just they just yeah. chase every facet of life possible. Hmm. They want to experience everything.
1: So maybe they're a dabbler. Mm-hmm. maybe they've unity unity's true purpose is to perpetuate tiefling's existence right through the soul exchange by the purchasing of souls so that the tiefling's can to exist. but they see the beauty and the diversity on the planet and every time there is a major event the dwarvish civil war, or a uh, revolutionary war like all of these things unity's been about
2: i gotta get there yeah
1: it's mm-hmm. it's a time lord it's a freaking time lord <laughs> Oh, oh no. my god,
2: that's actually really cool. <laughs> I love it. Ooh, but so, not the doctor, because they are not fixing things.
1: Yeah, no, they're just like they're like They're just
0: participating.
1: What is this? They've got keepsakes from every historical event. They've got Alexander hammerton's like quill.
2: <laughs> Ooh, I love um
0: They're a collector?
2: I'm yeah, I was just thinking, they're a collector. I kind of borrowing from a campaign I'm writing right now. What if they have um like a pawnbroker? And they are going around to heroes and asking for just interesting tidbits. Like, hey, do you need that letter? Because it might be uh, especially interesting in 200 oh, yeah. years. And then um, they put
1: it in a vault. And when they come back to that, every once in a while, yeah. they unlock the vault. So they've got all these antiquities, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, a I trader of souls
1: like... and a trader of history.
0: Yeah. I love just having like this this vault, these like catacombs of archives and different things from history. But none of them have ever been sold or seen by another person since well after you take them they're just yours yeah and that's the, an uh, early hook to introduce museum. pretty much yeah like a personal tour through your own life
1: and you could introduce players to this character very early on and have these layers upon layers of like this eternal role as the sole collector buried deep beyond the fact that there's this weird merchant who keeps showing up with relics that are four thousand years old available for purchase and exchanging uh, and out for this accidentally...
2: weird thing, but we used it in a cool fight, so they liked it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Ooh, that means something. What that might mean something one day." So I'm going to trade it. Yeah, like yeah. that's. And then, as you get to know them, the lore of the Tieflings is introduced. Like, it's a very early, from a mechanical perspective, it's beautiful too. Mm-hmm. Oof. Unity is
0: cool. Okay, I'm excited. What is? A, you, what is... Question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I've I've been wondering about Unity. What age do they begin remembering is there a certain like
2: mm. at your fifth
0: birthday or maybe like i don't know even younger than that or later than that like when when do you think they start remembering who they who they are
2: i love this question i think good. um after puberty okay i like the idea that they do form into a slightly different person every single incarnation before remembering um, so maybe that's why their name changes. Their values are slightly different every single lifetime.
1: That makes well, sense. That's cool.
0: The reason I asked is because, and this, this thought literally just hit me when you uh, were saying that, someone in this campaign world could play as Unity. Mm-hmm. You could have a tiefling who doesn't know it yet, but who one day wakes up having these oceans of memories that they don't know what they mean. That's cool. But all of a sudden they have all of this information. They have, like, perfect recollection of most of history. They have this weird house that they keep seeing in their mind where there's just this basement full of shit. Like, there's all this shit in the basement, and I know what every piece of it is, but I don't know how. I think covering
1: that is a part of a group quest. Like, that could be a story arc in and of itself.
2: I mean, like, they could, like looking at history books they could see maybe what the differences were like that isn't accurate that's not what happened that's a lie yeah. um like, that doesn't make any sense oh fascinating Advantage or like on history
1: checks <laughs> or
0: like you do come into the capital of the elves and you're like you see that guy and you're like i've seen him before yeah he was not like this this i don't know what's happening i love that sort of character aspect of it like from a player perspective as it's just amazing to me. I love that,
2: and I love the idea that um, Unity's contacts every once in a while have to wait like sixteen years or like twenty <laughs> yeah. years before Unity gets in contact again. I love that. Like, where, where the fuck did that prison do? Yeah, they would
0: have to have know. some sort of like <laughs> in case I die system. Like, if you don't hear from me in two months, I'm dead, and you'll have to wait. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> tough cookies. <laughs> I love that. So we don't so really,
1: really we don't really need to define Unity's aesthetic. It changes. Beyond tiefling. It changes every time.
0: Yeah. I think that's part of the fun of unity too, is because every time they sort of like borrowing from the doctor, every time they it's become different. a new body, it's like, okay, what's different about this one? Oh, it's a little bit stronger. Okay, maybe I'm a little bit of a strong strong boy this time.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, or oh, I'm a little bit more flexible. It's weird.
1: Oh, it's weird. I'm a paladin this time.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Last time sure. I was a warlock. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Let's see where this takes me. Yeah, cool. Neat. Continue on Oh my on goodness.
2: That path. And I love the idea of Unity collecting deities and patrons and them just being like, uh, hey, dude.
1: <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> who are you? Should do it.
2: Or like, and like maybe that re-emerging every once in a while, like they keep coming back to maybe the archivist or something like this is their yeah. most common. Um,
0: or they come up against a patron that they've burned that this new body has made a deal with and it's like hey bud (laughs)
1: Uh, sorry i'm just coming up with this like like lengthy campaign story where it's called like the unity war where unity is reincarnated but a bunch of their followers from the past like Really, like, creates this established nation, and then they end up at war with the existing unity because they're at odds in regards to perspective on how this should go about, and like, the gods and are they, all involved, and like, uh... it's <laughs> like
0: think the gods about know who unity is. War? They're
1: like, um, oh, not unity. It's like when if the Daleks are afraid it. of the Doctor. The gods are afraid yeah. of Unity because Unity is
0: they a pain know, in the ass. Unity knows all their fucking secrets too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's why Everything the gods and on. every time the gods like organize Unity's death, 20 years later Unity is back. <laughs> like, <there's> nothing you <laughs> oh, can no. do about
2: yeah. it. Maybe maybe uh the gods have like yeah, just like these 20-year grace periods where they're like, "All right, we need to get all of we need to get X, Y, and Z done before that fucker comes back."
1: And then Unity <laughs> <laughs> gets back in season is like, "Oh, these assholes." And then they have to unravel all of that. <laughs>
0: yeah or like when unity dies they go on like this mad dash trying to find the energy that
1: in yeah. their yeah
0: and they can never find it it's just like this weird sort of like absent period where the gods are like all of our attention needs to be found on getting that energy back and they can't find <laughs> it, they can never find dead. it i love this
1: oh, that's amazing so good
0: oh my god are there any
1: other we i mean we've been at this for a while are there any other adjustments we, we want to make we
0: can go over yeah, we can the go. second part's very important so we can go as long as we need
1: yeah anything else we want to do with this
2: i'm really liking this i'm liking the the nebulous quality that is unity
1: it's good it's good it really it I goes don't... along <laughs> we were playing with the nebulous so much in this world building it fits so well
0: it's
2: so good Ugh, oh, I'm
1: excited. i love guest episodes so much <laughs> oh all right so that means we're on to the questions section and we're not going to take a question from the audience instead we have our questions because we want to talk to you about specific things and we've received questions from you and from other people regarding this topic
0: yeah so technically we're answering your question today yeah
1: we're like hey button good question do you want to answer it for us (laughs) (laughs) and we talked a little bit about this but um you know it's it's it, two straight white dudes talking about gender it feels disingenuous it's not right like there are other perspectives there's other worldviews so yeah
2: but you it's, it's o- but it's awesome that you're talking about it yeah, yeah
0: it's very important our pleasure um,
2: um
1: so let's talk about do, well where do you want to start button where do you think it's important to start do you think it is is at there a the tabletop point. is there a starting point yeah good
0: question <laughs> there's a just you have to start talking about it is, is that as simple as it gets
2: yeah i think that's as simple as it gets you you have to start with the understanding that um maybe you have to start with the understanding that gender and sex aren't the same maybe that's a good starting yes. point
0: that's fine
2: um you know there's a difference between the biological the chromosomal and the social um mm-hmm. and that a lot of people don't think that's the case And that's kind of where just the issue of gender identity arises at all. Because ideally, it wouldn't be a problem, right?
0: Ideally. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally, people would just be cool about things. But yeah. yeah, there are people that aren't. Well,
1: I guess we're in this weird, I don't know if we are in this weird. There seems to be this also this tipping point where a lot of us have been socialized to talk about gender in a way that is no longer the way that it is understood. So there's also like this, that these hang-ups that people bring to the table. Even a good person could come to the table with a hang-up that they have been socialized to believe. Absolutely. So there are the people who don't believe. There are the people who have been taught to believe a certain way and maintain that value. There are the people who have been taught to believe a certain way and don't really understand how to navigate it, right? And it creates this weird spectrum of of individuals that you that people have to navigate
2: yeah well and i think if we start by talking about the table um you know if someone says that their gender identity is x then it is and maybe Mm -hmm. i mean i've never had to deal with someone not thinking that was the case but i do think it would be a deal breaker if someone were to say to another one of my players no, you're, you're, you know, you're AFAB, so you have to be a woman. Or, you know, you're, you're assigned male at birth, you have to be, you're a dude. Like, no, if a person Clearly says... Enough, I have seen that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, it certainly exists.
0: Yeah. Like someone said, oh, they're going to get distracted if they see you, a female, playing a male character. It's like... Excuse why? me. Why? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that makes no sense.
1: It's ridiculous. Yeah so you treat that as a deal breaker and it's fully where do people button this is my question for you i want to challenge those people um when is it when do you feel personally that it is appropriate to challenge somebody like that and when is it not
2: maybe i need to understand what challenge entails um so
1: pushback pushback like, right, you, you sit down at the tabletop and this person says, no, do this. D- allyship, right? Like, that is a critically important thing in social justice, inclusive excellence, all of these things. Like, allyship is critical. And there is there are things that, for instance, I have done as a straight white male where I thought I was helping. And uh, really what I'm doing is putting stress on the situation or putting like further issues there for the people who are essentially victims of ignorant individuals right so when do you feel is is the best time or how do you handle it is is that too big a question i'm also doing the thing of like tell me how to fix this which is it's not
2: a, <laughs> it's not a big fair question either. and i don't i don't think i know how to fix it but i don't think that means that we shouldn't talk about it um yeah so if if you have a player who says perhaps like Like, if someone were to come into Conundrum Company and say, well, this is kind of funny because Peach is assigned male at birth, whereas I am assigned female at birth. Um, So if someone were to say that Peach has to be female, I would A, laugh because Peach doesn't have the, like, Peach is, if Peach were cis, Peach wouldn't be a female. Um, And they're not. Gotcha. Um, But I think if someone were to come in and say Peach has to be this way, the easiest to response's is, peach isn't your character. Um yeah. Yeah. And I guess if you So if someone were to respond with fine um um but my character is going to have a problem with Peach's pronouns. Um that would be something to I mean, either that would be a non-starter, or I personally would be comfortable, in a certain sense, playing with that person still. But it would be mm-hmm. relatively combative, um, because yeah. Peach would just constantly tell them that they're wrong and correct them. <laughs> See,
1: and as a dungeon master, I'm just like, that person that... needs to get the hell off my table.
2: Precisely. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I mean by it's a non-starter. Um, yeah.
0: I don't want that kind of you run into another problem if the person saying that to you is the dm yeah if they're the person in charge of the table
2: and i've never uh-huh. had a dm who um who told me that i had to play a cis character whose um yeah, whose sex aligned with mine
0: well that's very good yeah that's that's
2: a good um, sign that's, i think yeah it is hey a good maybe
1: sign. we're doing something right maybe we're getting <laughs> there yeah.
2: Well,
0: I will say I've heard of the opposite of that, so I know it still exists, but at least, you know, none of us, I don't think any one of us in here has ever experienced it firsthand, so that's that's good, at least.
2: It is good. Um, But to someone in that situation, first of all, I'm sorry you have had that experience. Um, There, it can be hard to find accepting people it can be hard to know where to look um, mm-hmm. I do know that uh, the welcome in is a very inclusive community <laughs> um, I can say that much truly um, and um, the same goes for their patrons which is wonderful um, if you f- if there is someone who, Maybe initially approaches the table not understanding or not liking someone who is a character being trans or non-binary. If they are willing to be, if this person is willing to be open, um, is willing to say, I don't understand or agree, but I respect you, then I think you can continue playing with them and use that as a learning opportunity
0: if you're comfortable Mm -hmm.
1: if you're comfortable
0: okay
1: that's smart well that also goes for and i think there is something to be said also for platform as well right Mm -hmm. like there are those of us who get to have an audience with what we do and what we present to that audience there is a responsibility there many of us in this space are content creators across multiple platforms and i've heard content creators say well i'm not about telling you what to think but you know (laughs) what gross like there are things that that do need to be challenged in this world otherwise systemic oppression continues um and so particularly like button you know you're like very brave and generous and kind to work through these things with us i mean you this may get overly personal on conundrum company i have misgendered you and peach before and you can literally watch you graciously guide us through those instances as just people who have you know failed to socialize things and the fact that we do that in a way that is again fairly gracious and and like that's I would hope that's presenting a good message to other people who are watching us.
2: I think you guys are phenomenal examples. Um, you really are, and do you like slip ups happen. Uh, we are socially programmed to think about gender in a as a binary. You mm-hmm. are literally every time you refer to Peach or me um, with they them pronouns. You are fighting decades of wiring. It's impressive, and I would never fault someone for slipping up. No. Uh, <laughs> um, and that's not to say, I mean, like, every once in a while, like, it, if if someone who is uh, trans or non-binary experiences that, and it, you know, hurts or stings, it's a valid feeling, but it doesn't very, mean yes. that the person doing it yes. did it intentionally. And intent matters. And your intent has never been to do anything but uplift your players and to be accepting and welcoming.
1: If we, if like, you know, you you misgender somebody and somebody responds to you in a way that is is like a little bit more pushbacky, also responding in grace, like saying, yeah, you know what, they have a right to be hurt. (laughs) Like, they've faced this for their entire lives or for Lord knows how long. And the entire world is rigged against them. They have a right to be upset with you.
2: Yeah. um, Maybe a good way to think of it. If you are someone at a table. If you are a cis person at a table. With a trans or non-binary person. um, And you accidentally misgender them. um, And they respond by getting upset. Just think. If you know someone who you know well. um, Who has no. Who. say you've worked with for a decade continually calls you Matthew when your name is Mark, how that would just wear down on you after all that time, and it's not just you doing it. Um, Just understand that there is that wear, and also who knows, you know, what uh, baggage or trauma or uh, prior experiences of that day or that week or past decades. Um, bearing on that response
0: and I think having someone at the table who like Josh says, you do for us very graciously, we're just giving a reminder, not getting angry, I mean which is hard enough to do because it does hurt, but not getting angry, not getting combative, just saying hey, just friendly reminder these are my pronouns and that, that helps so much overcome that wiring that it's almost like becoming second nature like since we've started Conundra Company I've just started using they for everyone without assuming and I, I caught myself I was like oh yeah I didn't know I started doing that I just start using they all the time and if they reference themselves to something else I'll use that but until I actually get confirmation
2: and I've- I
1: think we've had people come in who say like you guys just do this inherently and it's like well <laughs> yeah that's something trained. we
2: learned to do
0: <laughs> thank god it's, I, and sometimes one of them comes loose and i gotta go nope 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 nope, nope.
2: and that's yeah. and there's can i say it's a it's amazing and just so heartening to watch like um if if someone uh misgenders me or peach i don't have mm-hmm. to say a thing yeah. because everyone else does I have. I haven't had to be. I haven't <laughs> had to go like they, in in 10, 20 episodes, um, like it's it's really it's so heartening. You you guys have no idea how heartening that is, um, because it's not the norm. And you like you, you're being very hard on yourselves. Um, and like I understand the impulse because we all want to be. Perfect when interacting with each other, um, but just it is so appreciated and yeah, I can't I can't thank you enough.
1: Well, I, I don't just speaking to cis people too. Be willing to be uncomfortable and vulnerable, because the people who you're engaging with are uncomfortable and vulnerable yeah. most of their lives. And asking us to do that for a brief time, it's the least we can do, too.
0: like If adjusting how you think about pronouns could make someone feel okay playing a game with you, that is the least you can do for them. It's as simple as that. Fighting your baser instinct is the least you can do.
1: This kind of, like, the other topic here t- to touch upon, I really want to, so we're definitely going to run this longer than usual, is... Yes. So as a dungeon master, you know, like, you... <laughs> no, 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 you, I was yeah, I like, to try to transition
0: it once we got to a natural point, but, like, we're going to get to both of them, because I don't care how long over we go. Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah we're, we're doing this. So I had, as a dungeon master, like, Peach is my first non-binary, like, person who's who's been brought into my campaign i have to think about how the world responded to them uh and that is a whole other thing that dungeon masters need to consider just as they consider how is racial tension how is slavery represented like these are all things that are in the real world and -hmm. incredibly triggering and incredibly real to people so uh, how do you engage with that do you have thoughts you can share with us? I know this isn't really a question so much as like, c- cause for me it was a unique learning experiences and I'm sure I've, I've made mistakes. I feel like I took the cop out way, which was my universe accepts. it, it there is, is what it
2: is. There is value in the cop out way. Um, it is really lovely to live in that fantasy once a week. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, don't don't shortchange yourself. Um, having a world where that isn't um, something a character that isn't not having to deal with that is not a bad thing. That's fair. <laughs> um, you don't want to go. Well,
0: you don't want to jump in your. It is a fantasy game world. And have someone you know make you feel bad about your your pronouns. That
1: would be horrifying. You go from real life aggression to fantasy aggression great which
2: is which is not to say that you can't either um like i i'm building a world right now where there is um a a gender quaternary and it's based on the elements which in turn is based on when you were born rather than solely reproductive organs and it is incredibly stringent and just as arbitrary and it manifests a lot of uh, bigotry. <laughs> um, so, I will only be, um, I mean, I will be informing potential players of this beforehand, and if that's something they don't want to deal with, then they don't have to. Like, I, it, it mm. will be addressing, um, yeah, it will, yeah, gender issues will be at the forefront. Um, so if that is something that a player doesn't want to deal with, then that okay. is not the campaign for them. Um... Mm. But you can address, you can even address just, um, you know, run-of-the-mill bigotry (laughs) in a campaign, I think. Um, As long as you approach it with, as long as you are clear that that's what it is. That it isn't kind or acceptable. Um, (laughs) And it can absolutely be enmeshed in what it so often is, you know, social uh, education, um, you know, the ways in which we are reared, how religion Mm -hmm. may play a role, um, how you can do that. You can have someone accidentally or purposefully misgender a character. Um, That can happen. But I think if you're do it, if you if that happens, you want to talk with the player about it first, um, make sure that they know that it's a possibility, um, make sure that they are comfortable with it, and maybe if you have that planned for like a specific session, I keep talking about Peach because they're an easy example, let's say Peach's father were to come into the mix and this father um, refused to use their pronouns, saw them as a boy. hmm um, mm mm-hmm. You could absolutely do that, um, with the understanding that he's in the wrong.
0: Right. Yes. Make it out to be. It very needs necessary. to be clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Okay.
1: There's another layer to this, and I know I this really comes to I speak to our personal experiences a lot, but also there's an element to this in regards to broadcast play as well, and that. I think a lot of the channels now that exist maybe miss the mark sometimes of there are also ways you can discuss this and be sure that you've had this conversation with your players. You can't have that conversation with your audience, yeah. which adds a, another layer of complexity of you have to be very cognizant of every person that's watching your show and what you are presenting to them.
0: Um, well, I would say you don't have to be cognizant of every person watching your show just cognizant of the fact that you are presenting this to the public and you have to stand by what you're broadcasting. You don't have to, you know, keep yes. tabs on your entire so I
1: Like you need right. to be cognizant of the content you're presenting yes. because it okay. can do harm. Yes. Um, gotcha. And that is that. Yeah. You. Thank you for rewording that.
0: Yeah, I didn't so, want to be responsible for every person who ever watches our shows. <laughs> no. Right,
1: right. But you, you need to think of your messaging. Like, there is yes. a responsibility there. And totally I've true. been in spaces where the messaging wasn't appropriate mm-hmm. for people. Like, and you can't put that into the world.
2: Absolutely. You can't put that on the internet. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so, I think, Josh, maybe what you were trying to get at a little bit is that you were worried about potentially triggering your audience. Um, members of your audience Um, and I do I have seen streams that have uh, a perpetual trigger warning up which I do think Mm -hmm. is uh, helpful if you're going to continually deal with these recurring themes. Um, Josh you do a really good job of trigger warning other things uh, in the campaign you've never had someone do this so you've never needed to Um, but like, if there's something graphic you will give a trigger warning, a verbal one before like, explaining what may have happened. Um, Mm. So I think that that's a useful tool. Um, But yeah, absolutely. You want to make sure that your message doesn't exclude anyone on the whole. You don't want to put something into the world that can make a... Make a... um, Sorry, I just short-circuited a little bit.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's very, we're talking... This is, like, high-level stuff.
2: Um, that can make someone struggling with, um, you know, acceptance or, like, just social uh, hierarchies as it is, you don't want to further that sense of isolation or anything.
1: Well, because messages can trigger but they can also normalize and Mm -hmm. that is something that people forget is that and, and it goes back to talking about you need to make sure this it's clear if we use the the peach's father example it needs to be clear that they are in the wrong for that right that then does not normalize that character's behavior and a lot of the time that is easy to make clear in a small group but when you are presenting that to a larger audience which is bringing many different perspectives to the table they audience or a large portion of the audience may normalize that behavior in a certain way so you have to be cognizant of like you can put a message out there that says this is okay accidentally yes um
2: and that's tricky yes if you're not careful so i think um Yeah, if if you're broadcasting to an audience, there may be a need to step back for a second from gameplay and say, you know, as a DM or as a player, this is wrong. Um,
0: Or even get a third opinion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, ask someone you know who is involved in that topic and say, hey, are you okay reviewing this? I want to make sure I'm presenting the best message I can. Yeah. And have them tell you verbatim, like, this is bad or this is fine. I'm okay with it.
2: I, I like that. I like approaching someone who has firsthand experience. That seems smart and right to me.
0: Yeah, I would never want done that to... in character <laughs> development. Exactly. I've... I would never want to do anything that's like, oh, I'm speaking for this group of people.
1: Right. Uh, <laughs> I I made a character recently who was female um, biologically, uh, and I, you know, so I send that to a number of individuals in a number of different experiences. With a number of different gender identities <laughs> to make sure that I wasn't doing anything <laughs> terrible yeah. and untowards. It didn't manifest the character in the end, but uh, like that was the feedback every single time was not that there was an issue with it. There was no no, no. no. we did yeah, yeah, end up yeah, running that no. programming, but um it was it was yeah. Well, thanks for the catch there, guys. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you were right? yeah. <laughs> the people like, What kind of awful no, the... character did Josh? No, make? no, the character was actually great. I think like,
2: it the just we didn't run the show. I really want to see her in act yeah, she's really good. She's a badass. <laughs>
0: um, I have another question that I don't. I mean, we brushed across it a couple of times, and I want to sort of dig into it as someone who you know runs games like these and populates worlds with people. How, how would one go about adding people of different identities into their world without making them into either just single? characteristic um filler characters like oh i'm filling a quota of i want to present as this thing versus an actual detailed character
2: right so um i think one thing you might have to do is separate yourself from gender initially when building the character don't have a gender in mind um, mm-hmm. because that's um uh, <clears throat> so you could, or you could have a gender in mind, but then change that. Any, any person who, so in a fantasy world like Josh's current one, where, um, you know, it, it isn't really an issue, where yes. a non-binary person isn't grappling with something that a cis person isn't, mm-hmm. you could literally create a character and if it helps you to initially assign them a male or female gender and then strip that away, but everything else is the same do it build an actual person you that's there is no there doesn't have to be a difference there if that makes sense Uh, i Um, fully
0: understand what you mean by that Um, Hmm. my question i guess this is a little more of like uh how does one prevent themselves from falling into that sort of you know I feel like I see a lot of things sometimes where it's like this is a character that I am trying to hope uh, signals inclusivity, a representation for a person. I don't want that to ever come across as like something I'm...
2: Gotcha. So it's like... Pseudo... Yeah. Like a Mary Sue or a Marty Stu. You don't want this person... Yeah. Yeah. Um.
0: I don't want to say they are transgendered or binary just to make them seem trans- transgendered or binary or non-binary um i i if it was up to me i'd almost never mention a gender and just see what people feel
2: yeah um or um contrary wise you can present i mean if someone is trans you never have to mention it yeah um that's that's a trans or cis man it's a man like it's a trans or cis woman it's a woman um and you know, if someone ends up in their pants, then you can let them know. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I treat that vice for everything. My my goal is for if that information exists, it should come up organically. Yes. Whether that be sexual orientation, whether that be gender, I I usually gender happens when you inevitably use a pronoun in the narrative. But like, yes, yeah, or when
0: you are describing them.
1: Yeah. Um, But I try to do that with, that's a great rule for everything. Just that information should happen if it's necessary, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And granted, I do, so it, I will say that there is a definite uh, dearth of trans and non-binary visibility in a lot of Um, Mm D&D. And that can be... An accidental erasure. So, if you want to uplift um, your That's trans or asking. non-binary viewers, mm-hmm. then um, you know maybe maybe there are more subtle ways you can let them know. Like um, you can mention how um, I- I'm trying I'm trying to make this trying to think about how i would approach this
0: um it's a difficult topic and that's why i wanted to touch across it because you can just describe someone as man or woman no matter what their you know identifiers would be trans non-binary anything like that but you do run across that problem of accidentally not coming across the topic at all right and it looks like it's you know not being mentioned but on the flip side
2: oh sorry oh just if you are describing, um, say, your your leader of the town's guard is a trans woman, um, maybe you just, maybe that's just what you, rather than, um, so you would announce, like, um, a woman approaches, she's wearing blah 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 blah, maybe you just add the word trans and everything else stays the same it doesn't have to be enlarged upon it doesn't have to be made a big deal of but like you just you give the pronoun or you give the descriptor and that's all you have to do
0: well to go
1: back to like the organic point too you can convey that information organically with intentionality (laughs) so it you can, as a dungeon master, you can figure out a way to make that information relevant. Um, and, and you know, like, so, for example, uh, I have Eason and Corvus, I think, who, right, are in a gay mm-hmm. marriage together. Yeah. And I had them in the room in the home together. And initially, the first character introduced, and I wasn't like, hey, there's a gay shopkeeper.
2: No no it was it i was said Since
1: husband came down the stairs at a certain point in the encounter that was organic but the information was presented as a holistic part of the world it was that was normalized in a good way like yes. you can you can be organic with intent i guess and is I, I
0: yeah my only thing is it's a very delicate topic and mm. it is a lot easier to mention this is his male spouse mm-hmm. and that's sort of like an easier that's thing true. to understand rather than this is a female guard and you have no idea of the intricacies that there could be right. in that single work and you don't that's want to true. you
2: don't want yep. to like go into their like you don't want to go into anatomy to be like exactly they're tr- trans um, yeah you
0: don't want to bring it a like, oh it's trans, trans character <laughs> over here I
2: think, very
1: personal in the real world
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs>
2: Well and I think um
0: I want to make sure it's it's being respected. Mm,
2: absolutely. True. Um I think it is I don't think there's anything wrong with just saying like um I don't I don't think if you if you were to say a hmm Maybe the thing to do is to mention whether or not someone is trans or cis in just normalize that. Um, mm. Rather than like differentiating between say a man and a trans man. Because yes. that makes cis the norm which is not what we want yeah. to do. That's not right. Ooh, um, that's smart. So, uh, you know, the Town. Two of the town's guard walk up. Uh, there's a cis man and a trans woman, and then you describe them both.
1: And you just make that the standard across.
2: Mm mm-hmm. Okay. That's makes sense.
1: That's a commitment. That
2: it is a commitment.
1: That's some wiring that's gonna have to change. But yeah. I like it. I really like that. Because that is that is the impetus of the problem. There isn't it? Is it? Yeah
0: normalize wow. the the terminology.
2: Yeah.
1: Mhm. Cuz it's not defining them then it's just saying like this it's this, just giving this.
0: you discrete like the terms, yeah. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Wow. Mind blown.
0: I I, d- I, I and, like I haven't
2: I, done that before, but I think I have to now. I think it actually well, makes a lot of sense because out. I have been you know, to some degree thinking of cisgendered people as the mainstream or the norm and basing everything around that when like like when i've dm'd if like obviously i've had trans and non-binary characters but i will go out go ahead and say that whereas i haven't necessarily identified that this is a cis person so i think i need to do that
1: (sighs) gotta go make a ton of notes
0: I (laughs) I mean, yeah, I only worry that it might, um, because it is being called out, it just might make players act differently, which may need to be a conversation at the table, too. Because it is such a large-scale adjustment that everyone's making, Mm -hmm. Mm. I think that conversation had up front and then moving forward. Go from there. You don't just want to spring that out on me. Why are you describing people like this from now on? You know.
1: -hmm. Any other big pressing questions you've got, Sean? Button, we really sure
0: there's tons. Yeah. Honestly,
1: (laughs) we're like, hey, Button, do you want to solve the world's problems uh, with us today?
2: This is a conclusion I would not have come to without this conversation. (laughs) I appreciate you guys.
1: you're the best <laughs> thank you for joining us and being a part god. of this but god you're good you're amazing you're amazing
2: so... you guys are so excellent i love this podcast so much
0: <laughs> we love you button.
1: button if people want to find you and learn so many insightful and incredible things and enjoy your fantastic content where where would they go
2: those are a bunch of adjectives I'm afraid to encourage. But you can find me <laughs> at bluebluebutton on TikTok and Instagram and blue blue buttons on Twitch. And I play every Saturday on the welcome in for conundrum company. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Fantastic stuff. And, and Josh, if they wanted to ask us questions, where would they go to ask those questions to us?
1: Question the lore dumps at gmail yahoo, dot com.
0: No, we'll cancel that take. We'll do okay. another one where you do it better.
1: Lorddumpquestions at gmail.com.
0: Das, that was great. That was. We'll take the second one. I think we we'll would take two. I liked that it was a question.
2: I did too. If
0: the question mark, they won't get the email to us unless they use the question mark. In the Make email sure
1: there's inflection in that email.
0: <laughs> <address>. <laughs> if you can italicize an email
1: address, go ahead and do that. Oh my goodness. Or on our social medias, right? Ask
0: or the Lord. our social Dump. medias. Yeah. And you can find our podcast on Spotify and iTunes. I think seven people listen to us on iTunes. Thank you, seven people. Wait, people still have iTunes? I I da, I da, da. Da. We're not
1: done. no. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Usually Sean's the one who draws this out and I'm making it worse.
0: He's just now staring I have my after song clip.
2: Oh no. <laughs> 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 Alright, I'm done. Oh goodness. Ugh.